वेलकम टू फैंटास्टिक वॉयज a voyage so fantastic That's all I got. I thought it's a, it's a new show. So we're we're still sketching we're out the idea. We only got half of our uh our copy written, yeah. That's true. Yeah. A voyage so fantastic. Uh coffee is a mere supplement. to the energy you will gain by the end of this show we will be in a totally different place we come in slow we go out with a bang um i hope everybody out there had a great week if you're listening to this in real time whoa crazy crazy downtown i grew up in washington dc i know the united states capital intimately i've been there many many times uh most recently uh, on a lobbying day for uh, the planetary society Mm, and right. uh anyway just you know yeah we we'll, I won't start the, the, if I start this we won't stop talking about it but um crazy crazy um hopefully they will get all the people so far the people who have uh, stormed the capital some of them have been told they can't fly they've been pulled off flights and they're crying about it so the no fly list welcome to it enjoy <laughs> uh actually let let me I'm going to say I'm going to mention this one thing this was newsworthy and this is bio, biohazard worthy. Uh there is a video out today of where uh, from the room where all the congress people uh, it seemed like maybe senators and congress representatives whatever were all sort of holed up in this one room it's a large room and somebody's handing out masks for those who don't have them. And there were many Republicans who were um like cocky looks on their face again like the weird schoolyard school cafeteria mentality that has besieged these people you know smiling and smirking and refusing to wear the masks including one guy who got the medal of freedom or something the next day absolute madness matt, matt do we have any um it's it, it, it i guess this is what the human psychology can do that people can be that it you know it's it's a cult kind of um, thing like, completely well, insane complicated thing no. it's a complicated thing exactly exactly it's so complicated i would like to go on a fantastic voyage out of here when we last off left off gabby where were we gabby panisi is here from rockefeller university by the way and that other voice you heard was uh, Professor Matthew Stanley from New York University holding down their respective institutions this morning and taking us on a fantastic voyage. Um Gabby, where where did we leave off last yeah. week? Yeah. So last week where we left off, we were uh riding a spike protein produced by an mRNA vaccine Ooh. uh which had just Surfing. been just been punted out of the cell. Um and an immune cell was descending towards us. you know nice ominous large uh white blood cell um <laughs> and here's the fun part yeah it totally misses us oh it's just not uh, going to recognize us yet what hello yeah yeah no so, one pays any attention to us not yet so 
one of the interesting things about the way that this works is that uh, the spike protein actually gets uh, processed a little bit by your body um, to be recognized. So that that's something I kind of forgot last week because uh, I've said before uh, the immune system is not my area of expertise and it's incredibly complicated. Uh, so I forgot that there's this entire extra layer that the immune system goes by. So we sort of get juked by the white blood cell a little bit. Um, and so... <laughs> Let me just, for, for those who don't, don't, who are totally new, this is only our second episode. So we are, uh, I want you to understand what you, what you should be seeing right now. Um, we are inside a craft. Uh, it's a little, a little, little ship called the If. And the three of us are here. Gabby Panicia, Captain Gabby Panicia. Of the star of the starship. No, it's not a starship. We don't know the what ship. Kind of the cell ship. The cell ship. Oh, that's good. The cell ship. If uh, and um, her co-pilot, uh, co-captain. Um, I'm, I'm really first, just a janitor. Janitor, <laughs> first officer, first officer, uh, or um, what was um, the bursar? Is, is that a thing? <laughs> no, no, that's a university. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the different positions on the love boat. Different jobs. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do not recall. It has been a purser. Long time. Purser. That's what it is. The, the purser. Anyway, uh, co-pilot Chewbacca. Okay. Uh, I, Chewbacca. I prefer to think of it as. Um, no comment on your hairstyle or or mine, which is matching. Um, and uh, Matt Stanley, professor, historian of science. of New York University is our co-pilot, and I am uh, sitting in the in the the rear row in the jump seat, as they call it. I am strapped in securely so that I don't fall out or touch anything. And I am, I am your color commentator. Uh, I will uh, provide my insights um, or, or uh, outsights, <laughs> as, as, it, as it may be. Our ship is made of, uh, I think our ship is made of fat. Was that it correct? has a we, well. We ha we got shrunk down, so I'll say our ship is made of you know whatever you would normally make a cell ship out of. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we we did uh, deploy the uh, the grease layer to get into the cell. Yeah. Grease layer deployed. Yeah. Goo shield. I think I said goo shields goo shield, are up. Yes, goo shields are up, and um, we uh, we are riding the vaccine. So last week we uh, we began our adventure. We had been placed in a. We'd been shrunken down, and uh, placed inside the syringe. Uh, in, into which was drawn um, the Pfizer vaccine, which had just uh, been defrosted after being pulled out of a freezer. Nine, what is it? Minus 92 Celsius? I think minus 94, but yeah. Minus 94. Thank you. See, that's why I'm in the back. And um, uh, we then were injected. There were, as we were thrust forward, a gigantic meat wall uh, approached us rapidly, and we were... We were forced through it and then um, squeezed out by needle, tremendous G-forces we experienced, and we wound up inside the body. And uh, we are now, how far did we get? Are we, we, are in a, we are inside a cell. Yes, we are inside a cell. We right. have followed the mRNA from the vaccine into the cell. The cell has used that mRNA to make a coronavirus spike protein which has then just been extruded. We, we attached ourselves to the top of that and are following that actually out of the cell. Right. The mRNA, which is, uh, uh, you listened to the previous episode, 
right there on your app. By the way, if you haven't subscribed, you can do it right there on your app or go to our website, whattheif.com. Um, also, we have a fantastic voyage address too, which I'll start using next week. Uh, but uh, we saw this necklace looking, a uh, charm bracelet, you described it, the mRNA structure, uh, kind of like DNA and uh, manufacturing this a replica or, or, or not, it, it, manufacturing a single spike, uh, just like one of the many, many, many spikes you see around the entire sphere of a corona. Uh, virion, mm -hmm. uh, I learned something, no <laughs> virus particle. And uh, yeah, so we are now, we're right, are we riding it? We're on it? Oh, oh yeah, we're yeah, we, we, we attached Woo! ourselves to the top of that. Here we go. And this, so now this has left the cell? Yeah, so there's two yeah. places that it can kind of go. I thought leaving the cell was probably the most interesting. Yeah. Um, so it could have just been degraded actually inside the cell, because that's a thing. Um, but if we get punted out of a cell, uh, we could be either, uh, it's a process called endocytosis, which is basically just like eating. Um, think about like Pac-Man. If the cell is like Pac-Man, it sort of just like opens up and like gobbles something up. Um, hmm. Or it, it can be absorbed either by the same cell or by a neighboring cell. Um, and it gets sort of eaten and degraded, digested in these sort of little bubbles. Um, everything in the cell happens in little bubbles. It's really fun, actually. Um, and <laughs> bubbles. it gets taken to another little bubble uh, called the endosome. Uh, and so in, inside this endosome is going to be another protein from the cell, which is called um, an MHC class 2 receptor. And once it gets, it'll take like the little degraded piece of the spike protein because your body, when it chews it up, it gets a bunch of different, you know, pieces of it. And it'll kind of fix one of those on that, that receptor. So and we're so, riding on, on, do we need to hop off? Well, you know, we can be in the bubble too. I, okay. I would think that we have anti-corrosive uh, measures because that bubble's going to be real acidic. Yes, yes. So once it gobbles it up, it's basically like a cellular stomach. It's going to get real Stanley, acidic. Officer Stanley, will you deploy the anti-acidic? Uh, yeah, I'll start Gosh. rubbing myself down right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll crack a Tums over the outside of the ship and it should Oh, work. yeah. That's it. <laughs> Deploy the Tums. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Tums. Excellent. Uh, and so, let's <laughs> imagine Speed Racer. You know, Speed Racer had the, uh, if you remember that cartoon, he had this steering wheel, and in the middle of the steering wheel were lots of different buttons with letters on them. So I just imagine him hitting the T for Tums, <laughs> shooting out the exhaust pipe. Uh, and so, what you said, something, so something comes up. What does that thing look like that approaches the spike? That we oh, are so, riding so, on. so so that was a lot earlier, uh, ah. and that I, I was well, saying no, that I that mean, here here in the uh, you said uh, oh okay yeah so in the it's, new bubble yeah. so essentially the spike gets degraded so as we are coated in tums and are safe we are watching the spike get degraded into little tiny pieces it gets broken back up after it's been you know meticulously assembled sort of like yeah. making a ship in the bottle and then just smashing it because you know um, so we our little bubble gets fused to a bigger bubble and inside that bigger bubble is another like protein that's sticking out of the membrane and in through this bubble. Um, and one of the pieces of the spike that we see is going to sort of like float towards it. Um, in all, I feel like most of the drawings of it aren't representative probably of how it's shaped. Uh, so I couldn't tell you offhand how it's shaped, but everyone always draws it as sort of like a, a protrusion with like a little space for something to bind, like a little half circle. 
um, mm. where you can just neatly fit something in it. I'm sure if biology is messy. It's not actually like that. Um, but something then, one of our pieces of the spike protein is going to bind there. Um, and that's kind of another cool thing because that starts the cell side of things back again. Um, so the, the spike, which is a uh, simulated, uh, or is, is a piece of a virus, mm -hmm. a piece of coronavirus, uh, is broken up. Yep. Underneath us, uh, we have our, our bottom cameras on, navigation cameras on, turned on, and uh, we see the, uh, what was it, an acid had surrounded the spike. and it, Oh, we're in a bubble of acid, yep. We're in a bubble of, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Been there. And <laughs> uh, the piece, it's breaking up, and then, and then some of these pieces begin to float towards this protein, which is sticking out of its own bubble and into our oh no our, bubble. bu our bubbles have fused our so have as warmed. as this, once this right. thing is digested and all the pieces of the spike protein are you know disassembled whatever the ship is firmly smashed in its bottle uh then this bubble that we're in fuses with another bubble and inside that right. other bubble is something sort of preloaded into it um it's been like studded through the side of it um poking into this sort of acidic space that we have uh, and then uh. The bits of digested spike are what bind to that. And what does that thing look like? So you said it's a protein. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So in my mind, like what I've seen of proteins, diagrams of proteins there, look almost like, um, I don't know how to, how to describe it, like tumbleweed or, or dust bunnies. Yeah. Tangle, so, a tangle of something. Yeah, so generally things are... They, they do kind of look like that depending on, so it depends on how it's like represented. So a blob is probably accurate, a sort of tangled blob. Mm. Um, the best way I believe of representing it and like you usually see it in drawings is that it's sort of got like, um, it kind of looks like a four leaf clover, except the top parts of it are slightly taller than the bottom leaves. Um, and then in mm. the very top, part of that clover between the two leaves is where a piece of this virus uh, pro spike protein is going to nest. It's going to uh, bind okay. there. Interesting. Cool. And you said yeah. it, it fits perfectly? Is it, was it the whole designed for that? Or well, is it, it was not. So this is a general purpose um, protein. Uh, MHC class 2 receptors will bind to basically anything that the mm. body is going to recognize as... Um, like a potential pathogen or something to um, attack. Um, it, it won't attack self-proteins, uh, or at least at the very least we have mechanisms to, to kind of stop ourselves from presenting self-proteins for the most part. But the thing about it is that it does seem to have, I think it has a very like flexible region. And I'm assuming, you know, there's going to be parts of the spike protein that maybe it isn't able to bind to. Um, but that's why, the, you know, we've chewed it into a million pieces. There's going to be something that it's going to be able to, you know, snap onto. Right. And it sounds like, if, you, if I understand this correctly, these things are, it's just stuff floating around. It's not that mm -hmm. anything is sensing anything else at this point. Yeah, there, there's not any sensing right now. Things are just kind of moving from diffusion into this bigger bubble um, from our bubble that fused with it. So Matt, what does this mean that the, at the first, this base level of life, uh, or essentially our entire survival, is depending on um, just sort of random things bumping around. Uh, it means we're very lucky to be here. Um, 
Uh, a whole lot of, uh, I mean, this is an important thing to think about is what, what looks like an orderly process on our scale of things um, is actually just this total uncoordinated mess once you look closely at it. So a lot of the uh, the, the nice, um, well-designed universe that we, we think we see around us um, is actually just us not seeing things very clearly. And as soon as you look at them clearly, you discover that it's a huge mess. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know, maybe sometimes you'd be better off not realizing um, how much of our existence <laughs> is due to this kind of randomness. Or, or, or I think we'd, we'd also have to say that uh, this is how it works, that from that, you know, I mean, that, that is how the system works. It, it wasn't, let's imagine it wasn't designed with some purpose to work that way. If you did, you would probably uh, come up with a perhaps a more efficient method. But uh, it, that is, that is what, uh, just stuff bumping around will lead to, li life finds a way. Will lead to orderliness. That's right. If you just yeah. dump a bunch of stuff uh, into a puddle. Um, eventually something interesting will happen. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. And that is an important thing to think about. And I yeah. should say, actually, I've been pondering this a little bit lately because we just got a Roomba. Over oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Me too. I have a so, Roomba. So watching the Roomba work actually makes me think of these sorts of things, right? It has very yeah. simple instructions, yep. um, but it manages to get its way into the corners and do a thorough job and get under the, the chairs and things and scare the heck out of the cats. Yeah. Um, without any real sense of purposefulness, that's it's what we call in uh, there. The, the calculation for this is called a drunkard's walk. Uh, <laughs> Sounds right uh, for a Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which you just, um, and this is kind of the, the thing you do on the, the first day if you take a class on statistical mechanics or something like this. Um, so a drunkard's walk is a, a random, uh, walking a random distance in a random direction. Um, and then when you're done with that, walking a random distance in another random direction, um, and your intuition says nothing interesting should happen after that. You should just mill around. But it turns out that you can actually get from place to place with a drunkard's walk um, fairly efficiently. As evidenced uh, so, by some portions of my college career, continue. <laughs> it's the only way college students get anything done. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's interesting to see that the super complicated things um, uh, can be reduced to this, this, uh, this randomness at the lower level. In fact, without going too far into it, we'll save it for another show, but the drunkard's walk is uh, involved in uh, how Einstein proved that atoms exist. Uh, yeah, that right? that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep looking at Brownian motion or the, yeah. the motion of particles inside to... The liquid and saying something's, something's going on there. Um, so here we are inside the drunken body, <laughs> uh, watching all this stuff bang around. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll leave to me. This is my understanding of it. Uh, anyone who saw Game of Thrones near the, 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 in, the in the later episodes, uh, one of the last episodes, the zombie, but, but the White Walkers, whatever. Basically, the zombie horde mm -hmm. attacks. And uh, you could also imagine, I suppose, ants or something, but the zombie horde is much messier. That's and fine. there's a impenetrable, so-called impenetrable wall or, you know, that has been built around the castle. And the zombies managed to find a weakness in it. And they have absolutely no intelligence. All they know is walk forward. 
And by doing that, by that, that one simple instruction, walk forward, doesn't matter, you know, comfort is not an issue for them there. You know, uh, they're better than us in that one regard. You know, they just get the job done and uh, or die trying. And eventually, um, even though many of them are killed by the defending humans, um, they just keep coming and keep coming and eventually make it through the system. So I guess it's the power of large numbers. Yeah, right? that sounds right. That, that's how it all works. Um, right. So th then this this now this uh, piece, little piece of the spike attaches mm -hmm. itself to this protein. Mm -hmm. oh, what, sorry, what was the name of this protein? That... MHC class two. Interestingly, MHC. just as an aside, yeah. um, so the spike protein that might have been degraded inside right after it was made, that's going to get bopped to an MHC class one. Dun, dun. Uh, it just changes which uh, T cell it activates later. Uh, but I think following it through the digestive pool of acid is kind of fun. Oh, wait, wait. So, so, so the spike, sorry, I missed that. The spike, who so, went to, to, to class one? So class one is not us. We're class two. Uh, class one is if, you know, right off the mRNA, the, the spike protein that gets made gets degraded within the cell without ever getting punted out of it. Oh, the that, mRNA itself. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh. The, the spike protein that gets made from it. Sorry, I misspoke. Right. Um, right. The spike protein that gets made off of it, there's a chance it could be degraded inside the cell before uh -huh. ever getting kicked out. If it and that would out. get attached kind of by a somewhat similar process to an MHC class one. Right. So class, class one, private class one, comes over and says, hey, buddy, you don't belong here. Dead. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Gone. I mean, it doesn't uh, kill it itself, but yeah, it, it picks up the corpse. Yeah. So is class one a measure of our moral worth? <laughs> I, I wish. I think they just named them by, I guess, order they found them. Maybe not. Biology's weird. Sometimes we name stuff based on like what we think it is, and then it's not, and then we just keep yeah. a name. So yeah. I don't know if there's a specific reason why class one or class two. And also, in terms of worth, I don't know. Would would is that class one? Is that the top of the scale or the bottom of the scale? Like DEFCON one. Def yeah. Um, so I mean, it activates in differences of what it activates. It activates uh, CD eight, which are like killer T killer T cells. So Ooh. you could consider class one as like DEFCON one if you want. Okay. Class two yeah. is helper T cells, which help the murderous T cells. <laughs> uh, but if you get out, so we got out. We got out of that. Yeah, so we're, if, we were absorbed so, into another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're if we're watching this MHC class two peptide now bound to the bit of the spike protein, that guy's going to get pushed now to the outside of the cell. So we can catch a ride on him. And now this is when when the white blood cell came before it didn't recognize us. Now mm -hmm. it's going to recognize us. So it's oh. going to bind to it's going to be a CD four T cell, and that's going to bind to this class two receptor complex. And, you know, sort of down, down later on the cell, we can see, uh, you know, an MHC class one uh, receptor with another bit of a spike protein, and that's binding a CD8 T cell. So slightly different T cell, just a little bit of difference in decoration. That's just what CD4, CD8 okay. means. And what is, so the white blood cell is coming. As it approaches, what does it look like? And why is it called white? Is it white? Um, we don't, so, we don't, we, I think we mentioned last week, by the way, we don't, you wouldn't actually see colors down here because things are so small. Right. Um, I think I they're think white when gathered in large numbers, like yeah. if you get a, a test tube full of, yeah, these, so it, it's, it has to do with when you spin down blood, um, cause that's the, the most time that you'd gather most of them together. 
Um, so it's found in what's called like the, the buffy coat layer, um, which is like a thin white layer of... The bu- is it named after Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Uh, yeah, uh, Buffy the Pathogen Slayer. Um, <laughs> yes. um, well, and, and white blood cells is, is a very large category. Like it's not like exclusively... Actually, are they counted as white blood cells? Let me just make sure I'm not being an idiot. Okay, yes. All right, they are lymphocytes. I just uh, By the way, our ship, the ship, the good ship, if, has excellent Wi-Fi. Yes. That everyone should be aware of, you know. Um, we are using 5G technology. Well, I mean, so, this is the funny thing about safe. biology um, as opposed to physics. Because I was thinking about this the other day, you know, like physics and, like, you could, from a handful of, like, more basic equations, redefine most of the more complicated things about the universe. Or is that totally mm-hmm. off base, Matt? Yeah. That's the idea, yeah. Biology is kind of weird because it's just a wet bag of electricity kind of sometimes. <laughs> and <laughs> not all of the wet bags work the same. Sometimes there are multiple wet bags working together. And so you kind of can't always generalize. And so sometimes it's just like remembering all of the definitions of a hundred different types of cell that might be mostly kind of the same, except in like the one situation that you might be concerned with now, it's it's a very imprecise science. So I don't want to give anyone the wrong information. So you will catch me Googling a lot on this show just to make <laughs> sure that I'm not like one degree off from where I Absolutely. think I am. Uh, I mean, Absolutely. I should say that's why I went into physics instead of biology was I was terrible at memorizing all of those things. I could never keep them all straight, but I can I could take one equation and derive 500 things from it. That was much more my, my bad. Yeah. In fact, it, 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 is it correct to say, Matt, I think that really um, biology is simply at the other end of the scale in a way, um, or, or uh, longer down the road of um, complexity from, there's physics, which deals with the, the, the fundamental particles, if, if you could focus on that part of it, let's say. And um, that's the atoms, and then the, the atoms end up making things like molecules and proteins and things like that. And so uh, biology is dealing with all those end products, which are continuing to make more stuff. But Yeah, so this, um, I should say, there is some argument among um, different disciplines of scientists about how to think about these things. So physicists Ooh. will say, as, as you just described, right. um, chemistry is just about atoms and atoms is, is just complicated physics and biology is just complicated chemistry. So really everything. Uh, is uh. Um, and then the, the biologists say, well, actually, if you try to use Newton's laws to understand, say, how a vaccine is produced, you're going to do a pretty bad job. Um, so it might be that uh, there are actually um, uh, different things to know at the different levels of scientific explanation, too. But that's a good way to get an argument started um, among yeah. a room full of scientists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I would prefer that my doctor generally consider Newton's law as a last resort. Yeah, no, I'm afraid. If, 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 Falling, if, gravity, if, if gravity's uh, involved in your cure, it's yeah, not good. Or transfer momentum and things. That's uh, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> Throw them against the wall. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Uh, all right. So the, the white blood cell comes. And, and, and sorry. So does the white. In my mind, it it's actually. Uh, I was imagining kind of a white version of the coronavirus. I was imagining like a ball with like all kinds of spikes, like. Um. 
is that is that uh so to some extent yes except the fact that it's a lot larger so the thing about cells oh, yeah. is that there's always going to be a number of what you might consider like protein protrusions like the spike but they're going to be a lot of completely different ones um and a lot of some of these are just basic um cell maintenance stuff like things that the cell might need to stay alive but some of them are going to be specific to whatever the cell's function is so with t cells um which are one of the types of immune cell in your body t cells b cells those are the two you've probably heard of um as opposed to the higher stratification, which a lot of immunologists will start making, which is like CD4 plus, CD8 plus, and then it gets worse from there. I say worse because they will add like eight different ways of gating them, which are basically just listing certain receptors that they have, which might change their behavior. Um, and by knowing what's on these, on these T cells, you can kind of get an idea sometimes of where they might be, what they might be involved in. Um, at a certain point, I think it's kind of just flow cytometry bubkis, but that's my personal opinion. It, it, sometimes you read these papers and they're very frustrating because they've only isolated like four cells in an entire mouse. And they're like, that's it. We've discovered a new population of T cells. And I'm like, lad, you have discovered a statistical error. Um, oh, but smackdown. It's, that's a smackdown. I, I can use that at another. Lord, you have discovered a statistical error. I, <laughs> I think that's going to work in a documentary film screening. That's just going to, yeah. I'm going to throw that out somewhere if I need oh. to. Thank you. This is, uh, sorry, just my personal axe to grind. Just, just my personal axe to grind against uh, immunology sometimes. I'm sorry to any immunologists. I just... <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to have a bunch of protrusions. Uh, another thing about cells is that um, th these are, these are kind of round. Uh, they have a single nucleus, um, but they're not, like, perfectly, like, smooth. Um, cells, mm -hmm. like I said, tend to be bumpy because of proteins, but also sometimes they just have protrusions. Um, I don't know as much about lymphocytes, but personally from working with things like fibroblasts, they tend to be very like stretchy. They'll like, kind of like reach outward and sort of like touch things because that's how they adhere to other things. Wow. That's creepy. Um, oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely a little weird. I mean, this it's funny because the fantastic voyage metaphor, which, uh, if you're new, comes from the, uh, the stories of Isaac Asimov. Uh, in which people were, scientists were shrunken down and took a little ship, a little spaceship type thing into a body and went exploring. And that's what we're doing here. And uh, there was a movie and even a cartoon about it. Um, but uh, it is also a bit like going under the sea. Um, and the way you're describing all these things, it really feels like we are under the ocean and you see all these bizarre, and they are creatures of a sort. Could we, are we allowed to say that? Or are these I mean, things living or like, what, what, what are these things? They're living, but they're, okay, this is the weird part. Right. Um, so I, one of my favorite things is uh, considering life as an eldritch horror, because um, you can isolate these things as separate from you, meaning they are capable of living on without you to some extent. Some of them reach a point that we call senescence early and will just kind of die out in culture. Um, but yeah, they are capable of living without you, um, at least for some period of time. So I guess you can call them little creatures. I mean, they're, they're not perfectly independent of you, and they're just kind of helping you out. But right. yeah. what would that be like, saying like, like a fish? Let's say you discover one of those bizarre glow-in-the-dark fish of the deep in the ocean. Uh, that fish can't live without the ocean. No. Is yeah. that the so, same thing? Or um, I'm trying to think of a really like a better. 
I mean, I guess you could think of it as like maybe like an ant colony, more but like slightly better, like yeah. an individual I think I'd ant. Be a walking aquarium than a walking ant colony, but hmm. I don't know if there are that but many I like you, symbiont fish. Too much. Like, oh, I see what you mean. Right. Okay. Or again, like the zombies I was talking about, sort of just. Uh, um, yeah, one zombie alone might not live for too long, but the horde lives. You know, the horde will do fine. Yay. Yeah, the horde's always fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you're living, you have hordes inside you. That's fine. Um, and, and they are made of these, these chemicals and things. So the, uh, the white blood cell comes over. And I'm sorry, you said, so it, it is roughly sphere-shaped, but it's bumpy? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, it come, and it's really big, you said. So yeah, it's going to be a lot bigger than us. We were riding on top of a spike, and which is now only a piece of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were inside an acid bubble, and that went into a much larger sphere mm-hmm. of something. And now this white blood cell comes along. Is it bigger than all of us? I actually That's don't. Moon. I don't know its size relative to like the the cell that we were originally in. Um, but you could uh-huh. probably say it's about maybe like similar size. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. these are two quite large things now, sort of meeting each other. Um, mediated by just like a really tiny, uh, little protein. Right. And does it, it know we're here? Does it have sensors or are we still in the banging around, um, methodology here of defense? It probably doesn't have just, you know, one class two, like, uh, receptor, one MHC class two receptor. So it's probably got a bunch of them. So it doesn't, while there might be some individual banging around about, you know, where exactly it needs to connect, uh, there's... You know, it's not going to be need to be one specific spot oh. on this massive space. It's, it's going to probably just be, you know, anywhere on this a specific spot, but on this patch of, you know, stuff that has a bunch of those receptors. So this is a this is like some kind of this is not the exact metaphor, but it's some kind of Borg thing or it's like, <laughs> right, it can it's designed to absorb. Is it, is it designed to absorb anything it's seen, anything that the body has seen in the past? Is that the idea? Um, not or this particular yet. one just has a lot and other, not yet. So, okay. so it'll have a lot of, so a lot of the, anything that you might've seen is coming on of like the presentation of the class two receptor. Right. Um, so right. that's like the body's ability to like take stuff and like chew it up and be like, Hey, uh, you might want to take a look at this. And that's the class two receptor. The right. T cell sort of binding on its own side is it being like, I'm taking a look at this. Um, so it's not like the T cell has a bunch of different, um, sort of locks that this might fit in potentially um this is it's more just like this is grabbing onto whatever the cell gave it if that makes sense hopefully i'm not too far so, well a little bit i guess i'm imagining is it's actually a little bit like batman has come along now and he's got <laughs> yes. many means of he doesn't have every conceivable combination but he's got many means of attaching himself to things he's come prepared he's seen uh, see. okay. different types of surfaces right and so he's ready to uh, it's it's a you've you've met a more sophisticated foe or a higher level uh, droid or something. But but I love the idea that actually it's literally just this physical thing that comes along. That's uh, you know it's almost got like you know fifty kinds of Velcro on it or something like that. It's like oh or fifty kinds of tape, you know some tape or glue or it's just all this stuff that's meant to attach to all kinds of different uh, substances. Um, mm-hmm. so it rolls over, it comes over. Do we need, uh, 
do we need uh, fasten our seatbelts again? I think we probably do. Yes, we 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 might need to uh, how to, should, to fasten our seatbelts. How should Matt orient the ship in preparation for the arrival of this white blood cell? Well, it's a pretty big target. So if we just want to smack ourselves onto that thing, we might just uh, you know reorient ourselves, flip ourselves around, get the the landing pads up, and uh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Just stick ourselves to that guy. So this is where, again, my knowledge of immunology is is not the best. Um, so the route that I'm assuming is is happening next is sort of uh, T cell, de- what's called T cell dependent activation of B cells. B cells are the really antibody producing guys. Um, there might be some T cell independent activation of B cells if a B cell eats one of those extruded spike proteins, chews it up, and does the whole. Uh, you know, MHC thing itself. So these are things on the white blood cell you're talking about, or so. So this is the later process that I'm talking about. So right okay. now we're riding a T cell, right? Uh, and the process that I'm talking about of essentially how we get to the point where we make antibodies is called T cell dependent B cell activation, or at least that's the pathway that I'm tracing right now. Right. Um, likely, your process of being immunized by a vaccine happens through both. T-cell dependent and T-cell independent, but I can't really find much stuff on that right now. Um, so if somebody knows, correct me, because uh, that would be great to know which, if this it is. This is why it's a voyage, you see. It's a voyage of discovery. Right? Yeah. You never know. You never know what you're going to find. You know, yeah. Jacques Cousteau didn't, he just saw weird stuff. And so we just note what we see. Yeah. And uh, we will we will study it back in the lab. Um so keep Matt, keep the cameras rolling. I'm just going to document all that, all the sensors recording. And uh, does the white blood cell attack us? Or? No, no. So we are not being attacked. So it is yeah. bound to that receptor and is now essentially activated. That's just the term, just activated. I could, I could <laughs> go into, I could go into probably what's happening in its like inside of it, um, but. Inside I, the cell, inside the white yeah, blood cell. Right. It's going to be, so inside the cell, inside the white blood cell, there's going to be some probably change in what's being transcribed. It's going to read off some slightly different messages. Essentially, right. the protein crew of the cell might change a little bit, might add a couple members. Um, but overall, it's not going to change really the way it looks too much. Right. Just but it's like, we're outside at the moment. We're on the surface of the white blood cell. The white blood cell has attached to the spike protein. To the presented spike protein. To the presented spike protein. And then a bunch of processes are activated inside the white blood cell. You know, it's communication. Information is sent back into the cell, and then things start responding, right? Um, So now is something going to erupt from the surface? Nope. It is going to undock from that... From that MHC class two receptor, and it's going to go continue to float around um, until done. Oh, 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 oh. So we're now we're riding. We're going to ride the white blood cell now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're so follow so, it on its journey. So we're yeah. going to we're going to follow it on its journey. Um, and as I understand, um, helper T cells. Yeah. What dome light? It's, it's activated. Um, activated. So, as I understand, um, the helper T cell will eventually bind to a B cell. It's basically going to, through its drunken random walk through the body, um, 
Oh, so we're actually in riding this white blood cell. We're we're on a drunken walk. Yes, we we are taking along for a drunken walk. We have no propellers. We have no engines. Nothing. We're just floating. Yeah, we're we're just chilling. Um, And our prime directive tells us not to use our engines to interfere in this process. Maintain the prime directive. mm -hmm. So eventually, we are going to get ourselves to a B cell, and B cells are really where it's happening. B cells are the ones that produce what you think of as antibodies, those little Y-shaped molecules. Um, and so again, unfortunately, like I said, this is where my knowledge gets hairy, but to do sort of a jump cut, the B cell will start producing antibodies (laughs) against, um, the spike protein. Right. And the antibodies are what? It's a, yeah. So an antibody is a part. So it's a little kind of like Y shaped protein. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the part that's like the base of the Y, the stick of the Y, like the trunk, I guess you might say of the Y. Uh is static. It doesn't really do anything, but the tips of the Y are what's able to bind to the spike protein. And so essentially you might think of just about every antibody is looking the same except for the tips of the Y. Then th- those are the specificity. That's what enables it to grab onto specific things. So antibodies against, um, let's say some other part of the coronavirus are going to look a little bit different from the ones that are antibodies against, you know, this specific part of the bike. Speaking of Batman, it it really is like a grapple, right? It's like a grappling hook. Like Batman, well, um, unlike Spider-Man, Batman, um, he comes upon a building and he throws one of his, you know, from his belt, from his bat belt. Is that what it's called? Utility Uh, belt. Utility belt, right? He throws some kind of grapple. And generally, he seems to be able to, to hit any kind of thing but i don't know if i remember some cartoon once where uh he met a newer building anyway you know the buildings have different kinds of attachments right so he might he he, he might discover at one time that he can't there's a building he can't attach to mm-hmm. so he has to go back to the um the bat cave and and kind of forge a new um hook that yep. it will grasp onto a different kind of you know, window washing attachment or something on the building so that he can go back now and attack it. So essentially with the, the body is is being taught how to make grappling hooks to to grab onto all kinds of new things that show up. Mm-hmm. Now, the, 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 the white protein that we, I'm oh, sorry, the white protein, the uh, white blood cell that we we followed down at Drunken Walk to get here, did we leave that piece of the spike protein behind and it's just, we're just bringing information um, to the B cell? So I think so. Again, yeah. this is most of the stuff that I can find on telling me what's happening always shows the B cell as the main presenter. Um, when the B cell might not be the cell that's necessarily uptaking the mRNA. Um, so that's a little bit hazy for me personally as well. Right. I can do some Googling and maybe just tell you guys what I find to put as a note at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, but it but seems so now like the B cell starts manufacturing these antibodies. Yes. which are little Ys with little hooks on the end. And those little hooks allow it to attach to directly spike to spikes. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes, so the B cell will have cells that, it will produce, some, some B cells will have antibodies on them, but then it'll just start cranking out antibodies independently of the cell, just putting those into your bloodstream, basically. And so what's neat is because we've chewed up the spike protein in a trillion different ways, there's going to be a lot of different antibodies against it. So that's what we call polyclonal. Um, essentially that there's not just one antibody, there's not just one binding site. There's all of these different binding sites in the spike protein that it can attack. Um, so that's 
kind of why if anything weird happens to spike protein, our body's probably going to be pretty okay against it. Right. So like the botons, is that how you pronounce it? Or the botans? The, in, in Star Wars, in Rogue One, yeah. bothans, many bothans died for this information. Yeah. So we, we followed a white uh, blood cell, which has not given its life. It's not, just, not yet. Uh, but it has um, brought secret information uh, about the new invader, right? Like, uh, uh, here's a weakness, or, you know, if you can attack, here's a way to destroy this thing. And it brought the message to the B cell, mm-hmm. and the B cell factory is now uh, cranked up. Uh, it's used, what do they call it? The Defense Production Act to start manufacturing massive yep. amounts of these antibodies, yep. which are Y wing ships uh, yep. uh, with. Uh, hooks on the ends of the Y, the, the two stems of the Y, um, that are perfectly designed to latch onto the spikes of the coronavirus. Meanwhile, all around us, coronavirus is being manufactured because this body is infected. <laughs> and so the race is on. B-cell versus Corona. And actually, we're going to end up needing... Now, I know that the vaccine is a different thing, right? The vaccine is hopefully the idea is that it creates enough antibodies so that you don't... If an infection begins, it shuts it down right away, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going to be following an interesting situation where the patient uh, is infected already with the coronavirus, maybe a little bit, but it's happening, and he's just gotten the vaccine... And so we're going to have to see what happens inside this dramatic scenario. What do you think, Abby? Uh, he's going to be sick. Nothing's really going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Well, I mean, he, he might be well earlier, but it, he's going to be sick. <laughs> what will happen to the... That's why we're here. If we have to intervene, we can. Uh, the, the prime directive is, says that we will not intervene. However... As in every episode of Star Trek, I think the prime directive for the writers of Star Trek was that the prime directive gets violated. Oh, sure. It's a pretty boring show otherwise. (laughs) So I'll have to see what happens next week. Thank you, Gabby. And thank you, um, co-captain, co-pilot Stanley from uh, New York University, um, uh, the Federation. NYU Federation system, the NYU system, uh, the collective, the collective. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next uh, Friday, we'll be coming up with our regular show. Uh, what the if we will continuing that thought experiments that make the universe end. Just like the music. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the after show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Uh, Go to our website, whattheif.com. Let us know what you think of the new show. uh, We also have a new URL for the Fantastic Voyage, um, which I'll set up shortly. And how many pieces of music can I use to run out out the show? Thank you for listening. Subscribe. See you next week, everybody. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Matt. Ciao. Farewell.